0: Episode of Between the Bites. My name is Derek with ExecuTech, and my name is Gary Arnold, also with ExecuTech. Surprise, surprise! We have a special guest with us here today. Hey, guys! Frequent guest should make him a host one of these days. <laughs> Tyler Rasmussen, VP of Cybersecurity. How you doing, Tyler? Good, good. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here. Always good to have you. There's been a lot in the news. And you know, there's something going on when we invite Tyler on the podcast. It's big stuff when Tyler comes on. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, uh, our audience should be perking up like, oh, Tyler's here. And this, yeah, no surprises because it's been all over the news. Several items we want to cover today, but the big one log 4J got to have the j from what i understand it otherwise it's just a mathematical computation <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point i hadn't i hadn't thought about that i actually googled it i googled log four and google pulled up a calculator and was like the log of four is blah 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 and i was like no i don't i don't need the no. anyway so a funny little thing there log 4j tyler what is that what does it have to do with anything and why is everybody up in arms about digital security with it Yeah, good question. So
1: it's a Java library. So Java is a programming language. It's also a runtime language. And basically, it's a library for that language. And this particular library is, you know, its purpose is to, like it sounds like, is to provide logs for what's occurring, but it has a vulnerability that allows for anyone with to send us some specific parameters, and it will actually open up a remote shell on the host thats that Log4j is running on, and it allows basically full control of the system from that remote shell. So it is a 10 out of 10 in terms of severity on the badness scale. It's a really bad vulnerability. It's prevalent in Apache Tomcat servers, which is a very common web server. And uh, that's one of the reasons that it is such a big deal is because that is a very prevalent web server. Lots of sites, uh, lots of companies use it. I think the first exposure they, they found out about related to it was for Minecraft servers. And so it uses Apache Tomcat. And so there's a lot that uses it. And that's why it's it's such a big deal. Like I said, 10 out of 10 in terms of badness. And the reason it's so bad is, again, because the rem- it's trivial to, I guess, invoke this vulnerability. Uh, exploit the vulnerability, and then and then you have full full shell access to a to a remote host.
2: Yeah, I watched a couple of examples of just how easy it is to use or to invoke it, and people are able to change the name on other people's iPhones. Little things like that to putting in an open ended script that triggers this log forward to just exfiltrate data. Yeah, uh, endlessly. In a lot of ways, it seems like the data that these people are using up front in a lot of ways I've that I've seen, it seems kind of monotonous and almost boring, but it's just what they can do with that data that they are able to exfiltrate that can create a lot of problems.
1: Well, yeah, they're not only able to exfiltrate the data, but we know of one example where um, what they did was they got on a particular server and this server was joined to a domain and then they were able to dump credentials for the domain. And then they were able to start to spread laterally with those domain credentials throughout the environment. In addition to that, they set up other persistent web shells. So even if this particular vulnerability was to be plugged, at that point, once they're on the inside, they set up what we call persistence mechanisms. And so that they try to make it so that you find as much as you can, but there's going to be something that's hidden to allow access later. They'll even go so far as to you know, put a little script in that at a certain point in time will execute and create another web shell that allows for remote access. So even if you think you've gotten everything, you haven't really. So it's pretty nasty what they do with this and it takes experts to clean it up once it's been exploited which is why we've recommended to our customers to make sure you take a look at where you're running Apache Tomcat and other web servers that utilize Java or external facing services that utilize Java and and particularly the Log4j library, first and foremost, and take a look at your custom web applications that might be using it that you might not think about. Start with looking at things that are external facing or public internet facing, and then work inside from there because it's definitely being exploited in the wild And we're we're
0: seeing that. Tyler, I mean, again, forgive my ignorance a bit, but Java seems super prevalent as far as I understand it. It's it's used all over the place for all kinds of different things. And, And, you know, I know the developers and coders of the world will say this or that about different languages. And Java might be, you know, the one that nobody likes for whatever reason. But if it's that prevalent, how do you know if it's applicable to you that you've been affected is there a way to know? I mean, besides you said like the Tomcat server, that's a given. If you've got that, you've got the vulnerability. But it sounds like if you've got a website hosted, you might even be vulnerable. Is is it to that level? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's not just websites. I mean,
1: there's programs, there's other services that utilize Java um, that utilize this library. So there's a couple of ways you can do an authenticated vulnerability scan. So the difference between an authenticated and an unauthenticated is that You give a vulnerability scanner a username and password or an SSH key or an SNMP string or something like that, that all of your devices also use. It has that account or that SNMP string on it. And then it will scan those devices and it will, it basically allows for deep access into those devices and be able to look under the hood and see what's running, including if you have services that are running this log4j library. You can also, there's tools out there to look at like your external facing assets and do some some quick checks on your external facing access or assets rather to determine if they are vulnerable. There is a GitHub site that CISA has put together, the government agency that lists out a bunch of common software and whether or not it's vulnerable to this or not. So that's a good resource. And then there's also other security vendors that have ways to detect this. So for, I'll give you just one example that we use. We use Sophos Intercept X Advanced with XDR. It stands for Extended Detection and Response. And it basically uses OS query, which is a query language for systems under the hood. And it queries system processes, you know, these software on the system, libraries, all this. And you can actually run a custom query within that tool, Sophos intercept X with XDR in Sopho Central's portal and across your entire estate and it'll it'll come back with information about are your workstations or servers running software that utilizes this this library and are you vulnerable? And so that's been really helpful for a lot of our customers and it's pretty quick. And then they can determine, okay, is this, you know, of these systems that are quote unquote vulnerable. Are any of these external facing? That's priority number one, right? Get that patched or a workaround. You know, can we take it offline? Can we put a proxy in front of it that doesn't utilize Java? Something of that nature. And then if we can't, then you monitor the heck out of it. Look for indicators of compromise and pray that the the vendors release a patch soon. (laughs) So
0: So you're saying there are scenarios where you don't have an immediate fix. You kind of just have to wait and see. Well... Let me
1: back up. For a custom software, you can start the like a Java web server or a Java service and exclude this particular library. So you can do that. You have to manually do this, though. It's, it's a command line argument. But if you're talking about an appliance, like a security appliance, if it's a firewall, or if it's something else that's kind of self-contained, we don't have access to the code, then you have no ability to start a particular service. More than likely, you don't have the ability to start a particular service with that type of a command line flag. And so it's really up to the vendor at that point to patch and provide you a patch.
0: That's where it could get a little bit dicey. Goes back to uh, something we always say, the importance of keeping your devices and software up to date. I assume, Tyler, most of the, you know, the big vendors, firewall, whatever it may be, have sent out patches. I mean, this is now almost two weeks, well, a week and a half that this has been out and about. And so have they had time to react? Uh, some have,
1: I would say a, a lot have, but there's some that still have not, you know, some of the stuff takes, you know, development cycles to test and to make sure that you're not going to break something. And so, especially for stuff that's, I guess, not as well known that might use this, they're probably lagging behind where security maybe is not their greatest focus. They're, they're more focused on getting a product out there that works. So if they're utilizing Java or this, this particular library and it's not their highest priority, you're kind of at their mercy. So
0: I do want to back up and ask, why did this go? Java has been around for years, right? Why did this go so long undetected seemingly? And how did they how did we find out about it? Oh,
1: yeah. Good question. So this is this doesn't relate just to Java and not just to Java and not just to this vulnerability. There's vulnerabilities out there in software. You can kind of think of it as like we discover new things about the ocean all the time. Right. There's some of it, so much of it that's unexplored. It's always been there. It's just no one's ever no one's ever seen it. It's always existed. So uh, it's just no one's ever known about it. Or if they have, they haven't said anything about it. I guarantee there's a lot of software or there's a lot of software vulnerabilities out there that exist today that no one knows about yet. You know, in this case, how this was discovered, in my haste to kind of help people react to this, I haven't really looked into how exactly how this was discovered. I don't know if it was a research a researcher that came across it, but I do know that there is an actual workable, not just a proof of concept anymore, I mean, there's actual exploitable
0: mechanisms out there to, to exploit this right now, so it's... And organizations have been actually like the hackers have actually used it and either ransomware has been deployed or data has been exfiltrated in actuality using this. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah. That first one that you mentioned, Tyler, the Minecraft one, I had read that they noticed that that had happened a few days before this actually made a bit more public news. So there was quite a bit going on before everybody even caught on.
1: Usually how it happens is someone knows about it and it's, a lot of times it's like a nation state that will know about it or a criminal gang that will know about it before it actually gets leaked to the public and we saw that with proxy shell for example the exchange vulnerability that there's evidence of activity occurring with it before it becomes publicly available in terms of the public knowledge of it so
0: but unlike some of our, our other breaches that we've covered, this isn't really tied to a specific organization that's deployed their brand of ransomware or found their little back door. This is just any bad actor has been able to get into it and has been using it. Oh, yeah. Yep. As far as I know, this is
1: not tied to a, a particular organization or a particular ransomware gang or or a criminal organization. It's out there. It's publicly available in public knowledge now, so everyone's using it.
2: One question I had then is the ransomware attack on Kronos. Was there enough information to show that this log four had anything to do with that to make it easier? Or is it just excellent timing as far as two major attacks all at once? Or I guess one vulnerability and one major attack pretty close to the same time?
1: Well, that's a good question. I haven't looked into that, honestly, to determine if that if those two are related. Just curious. It's coincidental timing for sure. Yeah, <laughs> And I know that Kronos has provided information about how the attack occurred, but I don't know how much technical detail they've shared. I would have to research further in terms of the, that particular attack and, and determine if there was any indication of links to this particular vulnerability.
2: And I don't know if it's the time of year, just if they don't have as much people to cover or if the Log4Shell and the Log4J issue kind of overshadowed the Kronos thing, but there's there's news about it. There's articles that you can read, but it is surprisingly less than you would think given the size of that HR and payroll company. You'd think it'd be a, a much bigger news story, but there's actually still pretty sparse information out there. Interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, we could get into, uh, we could definitely get into why that might be, but
2: <laughs> I don't, that's a whole other podcast. Well, before this happened, Gary and I were talking that, yeah, it's it's going to start, and holidays are coming, usually means that this kind of stuff will continue to happen even more so. Yeah,
0: it makes me sick to my stomach to think about it, so. Yeah. Our audience should know that Tyler has been playing Superman and firefighter and policeman and FBI agent all at the same time over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten all the emails from him. He's been on it and helping people close this gap, and I'm sure it hasn't been easy. Well, thanks.
1: Yeah, no, it's you know, whenever there's a vulnerability, it's you go into firefighting mode like this and that. I'm going to say that while it's it can be exciting. It takes a toll, right? Yeah. It, takes, yeah. <laughs> it takes a toll. So, I'm one that would be great if we didn't have any any more of these for a good long time. So, but yeah, that's like asking
2: for a miracle. So, yeah, give us a break. So, on the user side, it sounds like there's for the Log4j and Log4Shell. There's not a ton that an individual user can do about it. It's really waiting for the developers and whatever applications, websites, programs you're using to make their updates. Is there anything that you would recommend on the user or just as an organization level? Yeah, I mean, again, what I would do
1: is I would determine, one, if any of your external facing assets are using services or exposing services to the Internet that utilize Java, that run on Java and particularly utilize this Log4j library. Now, again, Apache Tomcat, that's a shoe in right there. If you're running a custom web application, then there's there's tools out there to help you determine if if you're vulnerable or you can just you should know if you're running a custom web application if it utilizes Java in that library uh, and if not you should research it and, and find out and then any other services I would do one of two things. I would either do some manual reconnaissance and manual testing of those services, or I would install a either a security tool or maybe have one in place and figure out how to do a query with that security tool to, to determine what what's running on the system. Now, if you don't have something like that in place, you know executive can help you out with that. We can uh, we can very quickly help you get something like that in place so that you can do that type of a discovery for your organization
2: and your, your assets. So anyways, and then for any of you who want to get in on the a little bit more technical side and really dig into the code and everything like that, looks like Sophos actually has some pretty extensive write ups on the vulnerabilities, mitigation Scrolling through the article, the mitigation is not the high level tips and things that we've been able to give on this show. It is lines and lines of code that they're showing you where the vulnerability is and and changes to make. So if you want to get real technical, Sophos seems to be a great article, a series of articles. I also heard Microsoft might also have some pretty good content around it as well. Yeah, there's several that have some good content around it. Awesome.
0: I guess, Tyler, any any closing comments on this hack and breach around what it is, what we should do, what we should be on the watch out for.
1: Yeah. So I would say the takeaway here for me is vulnerabilities exist and people will find them out. You need to have a strong incident response plan in place in order to deal with these vulnerabilities. And so it's really about having that incident response plan identified and and defined so that when something like this occurs, you can take care of it. And also having the tooling necessary And by the way, I'm not a believer that tooling fixes everything. However, I am a believer that without accurate information, you can't know what you're doing and you can't know what to fix. So you need the appropriate tools that can give you an inventory of what's running on your systems for this very purpose. So then you can know, okay, here's here's where my exposure is. What do we want to attack first, and have a priority for? You know, we want to make sure that you know. Obviously, in this case, anything that's external facing—that's generally a good rule—is taken care of first, and then work from there and, and put an action plan in place of how you're going to fix that. But again, without the proper tooling, you can't accomplish that. There's some folks that believe that tools can be a silver bullet and that's just not true. There's tools that are very, very useful and something like this to, to get the information out of your, your environment is very useful. You still have to know how to use it
0: right. So. Man, we can make a whole campaign slogan, no silver bullets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The salespeople won't, won't be very happy about it, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, vet, the vendors that are trying to sell their tools won't be too happy about it. But
2: anyways. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler, for coming out and sharing a little bit of information and As things unfold, you know, we'll keep you guys updated, both with the Kronos issue and this Lock4Shell and Lock4J. To any of you out there dealing with the Kronos issue, if you're affected, one of the biggest industries is healthcare, you know, because that industry hasn't dealt with enough problems apparently in the last two years. Now (laughs) now getting their paychecks to begin with is apparently going to be a problem. Any of you affected by it, we wish you the best of luck and hopefully things clear up very soon for you guys and yeah we will catch you guys on the next one thanks gary and thank you tyler for joining us
0: yeah great to be here happy holidays to everyone that's right likewise this might come out in the new year so if you're hearing this in the new year happy new year
1: (laughs) that's right happy new year
0: thanks okay see you guys thanks tyler